I think the people of this country have had enough of experts. The science If you changed. count the legal votes, I we easily agree. win. Go for a short it is time to get no, bricks This candle smells like my vagina. It's supposed to be I shouldn't be up here. What I should be back in school on the other side of the ocean. What the fuck is going on? Part of the ACAST Creator Network and also available on Patreon. Hello, I'm Mark Still. Welcome to my podcast, where each week I ask the question, what the fuck is going on? What the fuck is going on? A Conservative MP is outraged that Labour's deputy leader, Angela Rayner, crosses her legs in front of Boris Johnson. She's doing it to put him off, he says, because she can't compete with his superior debating skills. And this must be why he keeps making mistakes. During lockdown, he was busy at his desk, and then Angela Rayner ran into his office, distracting him in a short skirt, and whoops, suddenly he forgot the rules and invited everyone in for a party that he got confused with the workplace meeting. It was her fault. And then he was just about to organise a magnificent track and trace system when up popped Angela and Boris wasted £44 billion on a useless one instead. He was about to pay for his own expensive wallpaper, but he had a dream about Angela Rayner's legs and suddenly got his mate who was a lord to pay £800 a roll for it instead. So it's her fault. By rights, she should have to pay for it. This does seem to be the attitude of some blokes. So they'll say, I could have been an international golf champion, me, like Tiger Woods. But there was always a woman nearby. There must be millions of them. And they have legs. All of them. The whores. That is why it takes me 140 shots to go round a putting green. I expect the MP who made the complaint will say, as this Angela woman was brought up on a council estate, uh, surely she should come to the House of Commons in a onesie, or at the very least in pyjamas. I mean, I'm told that's what people wear in those places when they go to the co-op for their pot noodles. And then her legs would be hidden so that we men with our superior minds can concentrate on matters of a higher nature, such as the porn that we're watching. This MP who's been caught watching porn in the House of Commons is the modern Conservative Party. He'll probably explain himself by saying, I'm sick of this woke nonsense that says we shouldn't watch porn while we're debating the inflation rate in Parliament. That's why, as part of my campaign to stand up for common sense and decent values, I'm going to wave my todger at the Speaker during the Queen's speech. If that doesn't work, he'll say, Well, look, I was told that it wasn't a porn film. I was told that Long Dong Silver was a workplace meeting. And furthermore, it only lasted for nine minutes. And in any case, while there's a war on in Ukraine, should we really waste time talking about me wanking myself off during the Agriculture and Fisheries Bill? To be fair, it could be true that Boris Johnson is put off by Angela Rayner because he does seem to be easily distracted. I expect his reports back from a G8 summit go, uh, it started with President Biden welcoming us all and then there was uh, something about the world economy but I'm, I'm afraid I missed all that as I was looking at his wife's breasts. Uh, sorry. Despite this, he does have those superior debating skills. For example, last year he made a speech to business leaders that went, uh, with fantastic broadband, with, with I've lost, 
I've lost, uh, I, I, not my notes, for, do forgive me, forgive, do forgive, forgive me, forgive me, I've, uh, and, and, ah, and yesterday we all went, as we all must, to, uh, to, to, uh, to Peppa Pig, do you remember Peppa Pig? No wonder Angela Rayner crosses her legs, she can't compete with that, because the Prime Minister probably is a magnificent debater as long as he's in his own world of the Oxford Debating Union. And then he can make those speeches that go, My lords, ladies and gentlemen, permit me to begin by asserting that it was the great scholar Brontosaurus who was said to have remarked to his adversary Stegosaurus that ipso facto modus operandi ibuprofen carbon monoxide. And then everyone goes, Ha! 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 Tremendously clever. Ah. And Jacob Rees-Mogg probably hasn't got over the fact that women are allowed in there at all. He'll say, This is a consequence of permitting the weaker sex into the hallowed chambers of the Houses of Parliament, for they bring with them their legs, the temptresses, and flaunt them unashamedly. For as written in the first book of Chronicles, Thou shalt know a strumpet, for verily they shall arrive attached to legs. Many people now ask what we can do about all this, but the first step is down to the Scottish Nationalist Party. Next week, all their male MPs must turn up to Parliament in kilts with nothing on underneath and cross their legs at the same time right in front of him. What the fuck is going on? This week, the government announced that the privatisation of Channel 4 is to go ahead. And Tory MP Nadine Boris was asked for her thoughts on the situation. A lot of people have criticised the government's plans for Channel 4. What have you got to say to them? Oh, get over it. You lost. We're going to nationalise Channel 4. End of. Surely you mean privatise? Oh, nationalise, privatising, difference. Anyway, I'm dyslexic, me. At least I never ended up round the back of the Norseman being sick and to Jimmy Kelly's trainers. I heard you got an SCD and all. Put that on your Channel 4, you shithouse. I'm actually from the BBC. The BBC? The fucking BBC? Oh, you're next, you are. I'm going to stop your licence fee. No more passing at Wimbledon for yous. That's the sports department. Yeah, well, that's me and all. Who do you think downstreams the tennis pitches so they can hit all them sixes like Tyson Fury does? And I print the bowling greens for the snooker. Who do you think grew Sefton Park from nothing but a handful of beans? And what do you do? Fuck all. You can tell that to Hugh Edwards when you see him the shit house. Now, as anybody who has ever tried to work out what the fuck is going on in this world knows, you have to have expert advice. And I'm very lucky today because it is my absolute pleasure and duty to introduce Marina Perkis. What are you these days, Marina? You're a full-time commentator of, of the no, world. No, no, Mark. No, but thank you for having me on the show, by the way. My full-time gig is not political commentary. Political commentary, I don't earn money from. It's just a thing I do because I feel it's, be it's become a moral obligation to do it. But no, my full-time gig is I work in marketing for a US tech firm. Yeah, Marina. And you will have seen Marina on many, many things, as well as, no doubt, sampled things that have been amply marketed by her. Now, we were on the point last time we were speaking, a point that I thought was brilliant that you were making about how there are all these rules for marketing that don't apply when it comes to 
formal politics. Absolutely. So if you think about anything that's out there, whether it's like, you know, your phone contract or uh, your insurance for your car, tin of cat food, right? The people that put the labelling on these products, they are held to a higher account than our government. If you lie about the ingredients in cat food, for example, a tin of cat food, the Advertising Standards Agency is a body, a regulatory body that exists to pull you up on it and you will get fined. Danone, who make the yogurts, they got fined tens of thousands of pounds for misleading people about the number of bacteria in their yogurts. And yet, £350 million to the NHS will have a deal done by tea time. All of that nonsense. And those guys, not only did they not get punished, they ended up as PM special advisor and bloody cabinet minister. Not a single repercussion. It's a brilliant point that they wouldn't be able to get away with this if you put on the side of a yoghurt, buy this yoghurt and we will give you £350 million every day. (laughs) You're not allowed to do that. No. Just yesterday, actually, Full Fact, which is another independent body, and they exist to call out the facts, and they put on their Twitter that Boris Johnson had lied 10 times in Parliament about the number of people in employment, saying it had risen by, I think it was like 400,000. It has actually dropped by 500,000 because Boris Johnson just doesn't like to include people who are self-employed in that number, just like he did with the crime figures. He said crime figures had dropped 14%. They'd actually gone up by 14%, but he just decided he wasn't going to include fraud in those figures. And guess what? It's absolutely fine. Yes, and it's even worse than that, Dimmery, because now politicians have always done that to a certain degree. All oh, right, well, we're not going to include those. But now it's almost like they, not only do they not care, they almost celebrate mm-hmm. the fact that it's it's like, oh, you and your woke bloody bollocks <laughs> about facts. If I say that I'm a zebra and then it turns out I'm not, ha, ha, ha. You trying to correct me is woke and you are wokeist and wokeism is the new fascism, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that'd be a brilliant idea, though, wouldn't it, to have your industry, if they were put in charge of politics, they would have to have all sort of things on their, like on their manifestos, on the speech. Small print. At the end of the radio adverts, where they go, however, you know, 14%, after every speech, Boris Johnson would say, I must have been the fool, don't you include that in the crisis, 14% can come up as much as down, and then... By law. Yeah, of course. But this is the thing. A few lobby groups actually tried to bring this in and they discussed it. I think it even got as far as a parliamentary discussion to say there needs to be the same sort of body to regulate. Right. The government pushed back on it saying, can you believe it? Yeah, they don't agree with that because it would make political discussion less competitive. Oh. Well, duh, because you have to tell the truth. It's a bit <laughs> like Carlsberg. They have to say they're probably the best lager in the world, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. just go out there like Boris Johnson does every day and say, we're world leading this, we're the best at that, we're the fastest growing economy in the G7. But it's all bollocks. It's the only area where it's just acceptable. And I know there are some people who get really, really obsessed with it, aren't there? There's the guy who done the video that went around hundreds of thousands of times. Peter Stefanovic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he mm. documents all the, all the lies and everything. But I think he's a hero. He is a hero. But I do think, oh, mate, documenting all the government's lies. That's really hard. It's a full-time job. <laughs> I've decided to count all the sand in Devon. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your other favourites then? I mean, obviously the bus, everybody knows. Oh, but... the lies, gosh. Um, like You lose count. Obviously, Brexit is a multitude of lies, right? And it's in endless lies. Mm. 
And then, of course, you've got the most recent despicable power grab from them. So just last night in the House of Lords, the Lords passed laws that are going to shatter our democracy. So do you like football? Yeah, very much so, yeah. So what's your team? Palace. Who are their rivals? Brighton. Right, Brighton yesterday decided and are now able to decide who all the referees are, all right. pick them themselves and control them and control what their decisions are. That happens already! <laughs> That's basically what happened last night, and I'm not exaggerating. I wish this were hyperbole. Basically, the Electoral Commission, which is the once upon a time independent body that acts like a referee for our elections to keep them free and fair, Mm. got taken into government control. There is absolutely no reason for this. Right, Okay. now this is the sort of thing I don't understand and get get lost with. So who who was controlling it before then? The Electoral Commission was just an independent body. So it wasn't ministers. The ministers weren't looking after it. It was an independent group of people. Oh, yes, I know, right. In fact, do you remember Vote Leave got fined by the Electoral Commission? Oh, right, yes. They got fined, found to have broken electoral law, and they got referred to the Met Police. So the government have had it in for them ever since. This is their revenge now to just take their teeth away. And that's it now. Basically, the elections are going to be rigged going forward. So unless we get the Tories out by other means, strap in for Tory government. So when you say rigged, what do you mean? Like sort of things like this is part of reshaping the boundaries? I mean, they're already doing that. They're already doing that, Mark. So this basically means with regards to things like donations... They can have endless donations oh. from overseas, from anywhere. There's going to be no scrutiny. And whatever the Electoral Commission does want to look into and investigate, guess who decides their remit? Government ministers. Right. It's so awful. Bearing in mind how much the referendum was rigged and how much lying there was and how much like no one was held to account, whatever accountability there was, was just poof vanished. No, that is obviously really, really bad. I mean, I know the obvious thing that even I can understand about all this is when they rejig the boundaries and like Northern Ireland was mm-hmm. when like Derry, for example, was, which was a Catholic city, the boundaries were drawn in such a way that so there'd be like massive Catholic majority, mm-hmm. nationalist majorities in one bit. And then in two thirds of the city, there would be a much smaller Protestant majority. So, you know, that sort of thing. And they sort of are doing that again. Now, well, first of all, with that, with the boundaries, mm-hmm. That's going ahead, is it? I believe that's already happened, or if it's not happened, it's underway. Right. They've also extended, you know, first past the post voting system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the mayors, they're doing that, aren't yes, they? Yes, which is a really right. shitty, non representative way of voting for someone. It always favours the Tories. And I think us, and is it Hungary, are the only countries within the whole of Europe that still uses antiquated, unfair system. So that is the system in which, in an election, Everybody stands and whoever gets the most votes just takes everything. Yeah, but votes don't match seats. In other sensible countries, votes match seats. So, Mark, the Tories got just under 44% of the vote. With under 44% of the vote, they ended up with an 80-seat majority. How does that, how do you square that circle? Yeah. That's not democracy. The majority of people didn't vote for this government and they are pushing through these laws willy-nilly. Now, I do agree with you. I do agree with you entirely. I also think, though, that within that system, that the left manages to make a magnificent bodge of it. And I, I mean, in France recently, we saw this. There was a left candidate outside of the normal system, Jean-Luc Mélenchon, uh, so it was outside of the normal sort of party socialist system that uh, they uh, they pretty much collapsed, the, the traditional left. 
And he was in with a very, very fact, he came incredibly close to coming second, which would have meant that the, for two weeks, the world would have been watching this debate between Macron on the one hand, and this sort of, I don't know what you would call him, sort of slightly peculiar, more aggressive Tony Benn type figure. Mm-hmm. Instead of that, the far left managed to stand four other candidates against him. So he lost by 1% to Marine Le Pen, who then <sighs> went on to lose, but nonetheless. So the left doesn't help itself in this situation, does it? It doesn't, Mark. It doesn't. Do you know what? The right are really good at mobilising themselves. Remember when UKIP stood down so that the Tories would basically yes. just grab all of those seats? Exactly. Why don't we do that on the left? It's like we're so ideologically driven that we just can't see the wood for the trees. Just stop arguing between left and centre-left and get us out of these frigging Tory governments. Like, just unite. Just see it as a short-term win for now and then let's sort stuff out later. But otherwise, we carry on arguing like this. That's it. Yeah. Strap in for Tory governments. It's so, so infuriating. Yeah. Now, one of the reasons why you, I, many other people, are getting to the point where we're going off the Boris Johnson government the business has happened in, in recent days, as we recalled this, whereby, well, this particular episode started with an article in which Angela Rayner was said to be deliberately crossing her legs to put off, to distract Boris Johnson and the front bench of the Conservative Party, which hid their lack of debating skills, what with her having brought up on a council estate, mm. rather than Boris Johnson in the morally superior environs of Eaton. Mm, I know. There. I tried to say that neutrally. Oh, you did well, I thought. Very good. I uh, blame Angela Rayner for being working class and having legs. I think it's her fault. She is to blame for distracting our titan of a prime minister who can guide us through this Ukraine war, but, you know, can't deal with a woman that's got legs. I think that they almost, I think that the sort of the Boris Johnson world almost celebrates this now. Whereas in the past, they might have gone, well, of course, we don't agree with the article that was written. Now they make an issue of it. Now they want to go, yes, we did say that. And I think that's because a big part of their appeal or a big part of what they think is their appeal is attacking this woke nonsense. Mm -hmm. Because the Daily Mail then put it on its front page again. It didn't go, all right, all right, what, never mind, and bury it. It went, yeah, we're not going to. We're not going to um, refer to the thing, whatever it was, the speaker wanted them to Mm -hmm. hand over something or something, didn't it? No, we're not going to. Yeah, because we're like outside the system. We're like anarchists, man. We say whatever we want about Angela Rayner's legs. You can't (laughs) control us. And I think they almost want that because it makes us look like to their supporters... Mm. I hope this isn't true, but what they think is, to our supporters, yeah, we're the people who dare to say this. Oh, Mark, they know their voter base. They know their readership. Yes. Unfortunately, I do think you're right. Yeah, it's really gruesome. I've not, I can't, I haven't read lots of it because I think it just makes me so angry. It's that same mentality that, you know, the blokes that think he's a bit of a lad because he cheats on his missus and he's got a new younger missus, like, lad, yeah. You know, he's one of us, he's fallible, he's human. I've actually seen these Vox Pops, like, I think it was in Uxbridge, someone went out to ask Uxbridge voters and that's Boris Johnson's constituency, you know, and the, the people, like, speaking like they're his mate, like, it's not your mate. He wouldn't piss on you if you were on fire. Mm. Stop giving him your support. There's so many sort of, um, so many elements to it, reader, isn't there? I mean, particularly like the thing of like the idea, the idea that Boris Johnson is a great orator when he couldn't say pass the marmalade without 
go oh, with that mm, and think and getting lost and mom's eat the jam and then uh, quoting some Latin. Marmaladeus. Chuck some Latin in there and some yes. Greek mythology. Ipso facto, the marmalade <laughs> that Modus Vivendi uh, <laughs> would occur uh, as it were, etc. It is something that's very, very British, I think, that we would even let someone get away with that and be considered a fine artist. Mark, that is because the reality is in this country, we are so deferential. We think a posh accent equals intelligence. All it means is a posh accent equals privilege. And we confuse the two. I look at Jacob Rees-Mogg. He is as thick as two planks. Like, I'd love to debate that prick. But because he sounds posh and he's got all this conviction mm. when he talks and you're going to have cheaper food and cheaper shoes, people just believe it. We're just conditioned. I was conditioned up until probably my mid-20s to understand, oh, Tim Nice but Dim was actually very accurate portrayal of these some of these posh boys yeah, yeah, yeah. it wasn't just a caricature and what was your background in marina i'm working class through and through my mum and dad were immigrants from sicily they came over here with bugger all barely read and write and um mum's a dinner lady dad's a gardener night porter waiter i went to state school and then um just got hungry for information as i grew up i guess all oh, right i was putting about you on if that was your background i thought you came from a sort of background there that is more commensurate with um Find debating skills. Oh no. In fact, see, people like us working class girls, we can debate. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> so thankfully you can't see the bottom half of my body because I'm crossing and uncrossing my legs like crazy. <laughs> well, that doesn't work on Zoom. <laughs> I've got so many other things I'd love to ask you. It's a brilliant avenue on Marina. And so where do we see you next? You'll be on Jeremy Vine show and things like that. Yeah, I'm on Jeremy Vine quite a bit. I was asked, this is a tough one. I was asked to go on Piers Morgan's new show yesterday night, right. but uh it was a no. It was a no. I think that's the right decision. I mean, I did tune in and it was, it, it just felt like a pile of wank, if I can say that. So I'm I'm probably um, just going to give it a wide berth for now. And I mean, Piers Morgan was just, well, it was Piers Morgan, I guess. But um, <laughs> it wasn't great. Mm-hmm. What if I owned Piers Morgan, though? What if I, like, put him in his box? I'm sure you would. I'd like to try. Yeah, that's how they reel you in. Yeah, that's the thing. It's a tough one. It's a risk. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much it's, uh, I feel so much more enlightened as to what the fuck is going on Marina Perkis thank you very much thank you what the fuck is going on what the fuck is going on this week Elon Musk bought Twitter for 44 billion dollars now we were hoping to speak to Elon Musk but unfortunately his Wi-Fi isn't working so instead here's deceased cricketer Fred Truman. Well, I mean, they talk about Twitter and tweets and what have you. I mean, in my day, we have proper Twitter. I mean, if you wanted to have an argument with a total stranger, you would go around to their house and shout abuse through the letterbox. I mean, uh, we used to go around to Tubby Braithwaite's house, who did a turn at the local working men's club, and we'd shout... Call that comedy. I'd rather gouge my own ears out with a rusty corkscrew than listen to your unfunny, tedious, cancerous bowl of pig piss. Hashtag 
hope your mum gets leprosy. <laughs> and then he'd, he'd come out and smack us in the face with a mango, and then he'd say, he'd say you're blocked at Fred 02061931. But I mean, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, it's those days you were only allowed to use 280 characters, so I mean, sometimes we had to come back every day for a week and shout our opinions in a thread. I mean, <laughs> we had one lad from Keithley, he used to bowl by Twitter. He would send the batsman a tweet saying, coming round the wicket, nipping back off the seam just outside off stump, took four for 31. And then one day, Billy Ecclestein, he got 89 not out against him at Trent Bridge by doing a dance with his gran on TikTok. But, I mean, there's these days, I mean, they wouldn't bother with all that. They just can't be bothered. Oh, what the fuck is going on? Now, if you wish to support this podcast so that we can keep trying to find out what the fuck is going on, which is a massive project... A bit like the Oppenheimer project when they had to build a nuclear bomb to stop the Nazis. It's that big. Then why not sign up to Patreon? You get all sorts of exclusive content and bonus sketches. This week, for example, there's a woman who I overheard in a cafe. She'll be on there exclusively if you'd like to hear that. And also get ad-free versions of every episode. And if you're like me, you really don't like adverts. And that is perfectly reasonable. But there is a solution to that, which is to sign up to Patreon. You will also get tickets at a discounted price. I know we say that every week, but it is absolutely true. I'm not just making it up for live shows that will be coming very, very soon. If you wish to do that, follow the link on our Twitter page or go to www.patreon.com and type in what the F is going on. Now, you do have to put what the F is going on. Don't type in fuck because it doesn't like that. It's good to see that there are some people with standards. Not us, sadly. But what the F is going on, and this podcast comes on. Bizarrely, along with another podcast called Faith on Campus. That's not us. That creates podcasts about what God is doing in the lives of uni students. To be honest, it looks brilliant, and I might well sign up to it myself, even though I'm not entirely at one with God, and I'm not likely to be a uni student at any point soon. But if you are going to be a uni student and you want God to help you with your exams, which, to be honest, I think is cheating. If you're praying and you're going, I know fuck all about maths, I can't even tell the difference between a triangle and a circle, but can you sort it out for me to pass this exam? That is disgraceful. Nonetheless, if you want to get a bit of help with that, then sign up to that one and not us. That's Faith on Campus. However, if you are not of that ilk, what the F is going on means fuck rather than faith. And if they weren't so bloody prissy with their letters and their swearing policy, then they wouldn't have people. There's probably loads of people who tried to sign up for us and they're now signed up for that. And they're going, I have no idea what's going on in the world of news. And I don't hear any of these marvellous interviews, but I'm better off because I am now well aware of how Jesus is helping me with my geology exams. That's just £4 a month, all that. Now, many people have been getting in touch with us on Twitter, such as Blue Mountain at MOJD, who says, Why do Tory MPs always seem to need an investigation to tell them what they have done, e.g. been to a party and the latest one watching porn? Maybe they need an inquiry into that. Yes, that is remarkable. That does seem to be the trend now. They get caught doing something, so they're asked, why did you do it? And they say, well, there's going to be an investigation. It must make life really, really difficult. If you never, ever know anything that you've done until there's an investigation. When their wife says, uh, oh, have you been up the shops this morning, dear? 
I will not remark upon that until there has been a full investigation. But you've got a bag of shopping with you. What did you get? I am not going to reveal the contents of my bag until there's been a full and thorough investigation which comes out in the year 2046. But we need something for our dinner. I have repeatedly told you that you have to... Every time you've been to the toilet, if you're into the toilet, I am not going to comment on whether it was a piss or a shit until I have, there has been a full and thorough investigation. It must be exhausting for the poor bastards. Shane Martin, with the marvellously almost satirical Twitter name, at ShaneMA4446847, says, What the fuck is going on? I see Boris Becker is being banged up for hiding his money, but if you're a Tory MP or married to one, it's fine. Is there one rule for MPs and another for ageing bankrupt tennis players? Oh, I feel sorry for Boris Becker because he's a great sports person and seems lovely and you know, just his one tiny little flaw is he seems to get through billions of pounds and then lie about it, which I know is a shame. Now, the thing is, Boris Johnson was charging people for playing tennis with him. There was an oligarch who paid... This was Boris Becker's problem, is that he was playing tennis against the wrong people. Instead of playing against Jimmy Connors and John McEnroe and Ivan Lendl, he should have been playing against oligarchs. What the fuck is going on? Once again, we have to accept that you can't work out what the fuck is going on, unless you've got people from different generations, especially now, especially now in this modern world. So, it is for that reason that I bred someone 24, Five and a bit years ago, so that we... You almost forgot my age there. No, I didn't. You did. You said 20, and then you had to go, oh, 25, innit? No. I tell you what I did. I didn't know whether to go for your age or to say that at the time that I decided this, that's what I was doing. Mm. Okay. Nice save. Now, where are you at the moment? I'm in Liverpool. I don't know what bit of Liverpool... I like Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, I really yeah, yeah. like it as a place. Last night I was in Durham and it did make me think about the question of youth because Durham is a very mixed city, very beautiful city with this big castle and its lovely university that sort of dominated cobbled streets mm. and all that. Beautiful Durham. Beautiful. But it's very much a working class city in one sense in that it's still the place where the miners have a gala, the National Union of Miners have a massive gala in the summer and so on. But it is also the most prestigious university outside Oxford and Cambridge. So I started the show by saying the motto of this city should be, I know you're disappointed not to get into Oxford or Cambridge, but there's still some very pretty buildings. That's very funny. Well, I sort of was thinking of that, and uh, that line, and about 20 or 30 of these sort of oh, 19-year-olds wearing bow ties in this town dominated by mining for hundreds of years, mm. walk past all sort of with those incredible deep voices they have. Yeah. OMG, to think that this was actually like where people actually got shovels and dug coal. Amazing. Awesome. Now, do you come across these people younger than you? Who've got them? Where do they get those voices from? Yeah, uh, I was doing a gig in Exeter one time, and Exeter's very similar in that you walk down one part of the high street and it's the IV and it's yeah, beautiful, yeah, yeah. you know, and then it just becomes, oh, everyone here sells heroin. Like, very, very, <laughs> very quickly. And... I went to the Pure Gym opposite the gig. Oh, yeah. And everyone at the Pure Gym was either sort of, all right, how are we doing around here? We're going to go around here. We're going to go, we're going to go, go about in town. Or, oh, my God, like, so, yeah, we're going to go out tonight and get on the packet. And it's because the Ruggers is going to be on. And they're all, like, Stassi and them are going to be out. It's going to be great. And it was this real 
odd mix of people. It's great though, a social mix like that, isn't it? No, but it wasn't. It wasn't like they mixed. It was like oil and water. Right. They sat there involved <laughs> with each other, but there was no mixing going on. And that, that I think, is what happens because people go to these universities. And they suck. They do. They just move <laughs> to the town. You know, I got like some of them are my mates, and they're okay. You know, that like I've met people through comedy who do it. Not good comedians. Not anyone who says anything funny or relevant. <laughs> but they like go to Edinburgh and they call their show the Arf Uncle Humperdum, and everyone goes to it and goes, "Oh my god, it was amazing!" So you go see it and you go. There was no jokes. It was just someone wearing a tweed jacket pulling faces. They didn't say anything. Oh, is it where there's a sort of a bit of a message? They go, I had to learn how to overcome my fear of worms. Yeah, you know, the kind of show where, like, horse people do this thing where they invent in, like, stand-up, they invent this narrative against them. Yeah. They'll tell a story of, like... And so we're at a bus stop and this person comes up and harasses my girlfriend. And I learned that sexism is bad and they do all of this sort of kind of right. show. And you go... Yeah, because you're moving to an area and gentrifying it and there's mental health issues everywhere, but your parents aren't paying tax, so we can't have services to help people, which means the nutters are then released. You, 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 if you all paid your tax and then everyone goes and sees it and goes, oh, it's great that they bring up these social issues. And you go, they caused the fucking social issues. It's literally, I had to watch a fucking oligarch's daughter get nominated for an award. Now, these, these people are very nice and they're, in a way they're funny. But there's this there's this odd invasion that happens that I feel like within everything that there comes this posh person that comes into it, like within the city, and sort of takes a little bit of the heart and soul of something out of it without realising they're doing it. But the whole point of them being there is they want to be part of the heart and soul of this thing. And that sort of happens within any wealth of a thing. As I sit here criticising people for coming from money as I'm on my dad's podcast to uh, further my own comedy <laughs> career. So, you know, I, I too am part of the problem. You'd struggle to call me an oligarch. There is another thing as well. Just while we're shitting on posh people, two working class and audience is also awful. Like, you want to mix. You don't want just working class people. But let's get that clear. As annoying as posh people are, they're a better audience. I don't, I don't want to fucking walk in and there's just a bunch of working class white people. It's fucking because, you know, oh, they laughed a little bit too hard at that edgy joke. Oh, it's because they all hate Turkish people. Right, okay, right. It's, <laughs> you know... There's a mix. I remember um, many years ago, at the end of South End Pier, mm. very working class, a lot of families that sat around in the tables, big frothy sort of fizzy bitter, women with the du bonnet and that sort of thing. And this bloke's gone on, he was very posh, and he was doing a thing about football fans. God, I mean, they really are really not as clever as they think they are, are they? I mean, the sort of songs they sing, one nil, one nil, one nil, one nil. Who the hell wrote that? Mm. And uh, people fucking hated it, yeah. as you can imagine, because they thought, you're taking the piss out of us, mate. And he came up to me afterwards and he literally said, I don't understand. He said, I saw Alexi Sale do routines about that sort of thing and he seemed to get away with it. There was nothing else I could say to him. He's one of them. Mm. They know he's taking the piss out of them because he's one of of them he's not looking down on them yeah. you're looking down on them yeah i mean it, it is interesting when you see like someone go on stage and that's why i really like jeff norcott was jeff norcott who, who you've had on here is yeah, yeah, incredibly yeah. working class and i think he's got a really interesting angling comedy and like that he's a tory and stuff it's a very interesting thing but he's able to go to a working class audience i'm a conservative 
you know, to a lot of working class people, they won't be conservatives. Yeah, yeah, because he, he doesn't. Cause yeah, he doesn't so Je- Jeff could actually come on in Liverpool yeah. and talk about voting Tory and get away with it. Whereas some people who are in the arts and stuff, they don't even notice that why voting conservative would be contentious. Which is another thing as well that I think, like, if you're anti-Tory and stuff, that the left especially need to get over. So people are allowed to vote conservative. Your argument shouldn't be, fuck the Tories. You should have a better argument than that. I think, fuck the Tories. If, that, if that's all your argument is, I think as a starting point, I could see it as, you know, sometimes people are just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, that this government, this government, <laughs> they should all be crossed out. But they all went to Oxford. Well, we could talk about this for many, many hours. We were going to talk about uh, who you were going to vote for, but the, in the local elections. When's that? Local elections this week, May the 5th or something. I'm not even going to pretend that I can joke about it. I couldn't give a fuck. They're a big thing. Oh, no, they're not. You'd have to decide who's going to run everything. Oh, wow. What? So how local is it? The council. How local do you want? The council. Do you want an election for each house? Your fucking... Our council's gone bust. I know it went bust. They've still got enough money to hold the election. We'll have to have this another time when the results have come in and someone you don't like has won and you can moan about them because you didn't know that the election was on. Honestly, you could literally put Hitler in charge and I don't think I'd notice. Well, you would notice. Oh, I wouldn't notice. Oh, fucking hell, terrible roadworks. There's a load of burning books in the middle of the street. How, how come he wants me to get on this train? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you'd voted. <laughs> All right, thank you very much. Now we know what the fuck is going on. Elliot Steele. What the fuck is going on? Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We are now available on Patreon. So if you want to become a supporter and get ad-free versions and all the hundreds of other things that we keep mentioning, please sign up to that. Just £4 a month. If you have liked the show, then please rate it. If you can be bothered, write a review. If you can't be bothered, then it's absolutely essential that you write a review. If there's anything at all that you think I should be finding out what the fuck is going on with it, please send me a message on Twitter at WTF. F is going on pod and we will look at every message that you send and read it very carefully what the fuck is going on was hosted by me mark Steele, with my guests marina perkis and elliot Steele. voices by sarah alexander it was written by mark Steele and pete sinclair music by willie dowling produced and edited by matt and scott at pod monkey what the fuck is going on is a pod monkey production <laughs>